0: Okay, Um, we've been going through the book of Acts, if you are just joining us, uh, we're in Acts chapter 16 this morning, looking at verses 6 through 40, Uh, and what we have seen going through the book of Acts is uh, really the, the start of the church and the spread of the gospel uh, after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The gospel going from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we're sort of in that last section of the book of Acts where we're talking about the gospel going to the ends of the earth. And I, I, love, I love the book of Acts. Um, I, I love this story because this is the story of Christianity. Uh, this is how Christianity Started right. These are the roots of our of our faith. Um, last week we saw Paul's uh, the start of Paul's second missionary journey, and that's what we're talking about today. Uh, Paul and Barnabas talked. They ended up splitting ways over uh, a disagreement, um, but both of them setting out to visit the churches uh, that that they had visited on the first missionary journey encouraging those churches uh, in their work and, and helping them and also sharing with them what had taken place in Jerusalem at the council uh, that, that met there to talk about the gospel. There was a question of whether um, the Gentiles had to become Jews in order to be saved and the, the, the beautiful news is that um, no, right? Like, like what saves a person is not our works but it is the work of Jesus. And so that's what the council was discussing. Do we, do, do Gentiles have to become Jews? Do they have to be circumcised? Follow the law? Keep the feasts and festivals? And the answer to all of that is no. Uh, the good news of the gospel is that we're saved not through our works, but through faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so part of what Paul and Barnabas were doing were what they were traveling to the churches, sharing that good news and encouraging. Uh, the churches as well. So as they traveled, they were not only going to the churches they had been to before, but they were talking to new people about the gospel and going to new cities as well. And what we see is the gospel pressing to the ends of the earth. As we talk this morning, we're going to talk about some things that we've talked about before. Uh, This is God's mission. And what we see unfolding is that, God's mission. It's His mission, redeeming people from their sin, restoring them to Himself, uh, restoring them, restoring us to be the people that we were created to be. And he's called us to that same mission. That mission continues today. And when I say that's our mission, I don't mean that's the mission just of New City Church. I don't mean it of the institutional church. I mean that's your mission. That's our mission as individuals. That's our mission as families. That's the mission of our missional communities and the mission of New City Church. All of it is God's mission. Seeing people redeemed and restored to him. Uh, and so we'll talk about that, how it's, how it's your mission and how it's my mission as well. We shouldn't be overwhelmed in that because one of the things that we're going to see today is that he is with us in his mission. We are not alone in this mission. He is with us and he's given us one another as a family to do this thing together. So let's pray and then let's jump in. Um, pray with me. I ask that you do that every week. Pray with me, pray that the Holy Spirit would be good to us this morning to, to teach us, um, to, to open our eyes, to bring conviction to our own lives where that's necessary, um, to shape us to be the people, the, the, the individuals, the church that God wants us to be. Will you pray with me? Good, let's pray. Uh, Father, we do come to you needy. We are needy people, we are forgetful people. Uh, we forget that life is meant to be more than school and family and, and, and job uh, that you've called us to much more than that uh, so remind us of that today um, and, and not as a not as a as a as a duty and a hardship for us but as a as a joy and delight to participate in this incredible work that you are doing Holy Spirit help us to see today that um, while you call us to this this thing you are you are with us and and, and while you call us to work it 's you who really does the the heavy lifting, the hard work. Help us to remember that Help us today again we are forgetful and needy so be with us in a mighty way. do what only you can do in Jesus name amen okay so um, we 're going to start we 're going to read uh, some of our verses uh, chapter 16 verses 6 through 10 we'll start there and I've asked our tech team rather than putting the the words up this morning that we put a map up so that maybe you can follow part of this journey just to see uh, the places on a map that we're talking about so I'm going to read you can follow along in the bi- in your Bible um, and follow along on the map and see the places that we are talking about so chapter 16 verse 6. When Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So here's where I want to start. Uh, this is a story. The, the book of Acts is a story. It's narrative. So it's not telling us do this, don't do that necessarily. It's just sharing the story of those early days of the church. And as we read through this story, we, we see what we can learn from it. So these are some things that stood out to me as I went through this story. I just want to share them with you. So here's the first thing that stood out. Paul planned with willing submission. Paul planned with willing submission. Um, We see Paul and his team planning all of this. I'll share with you in a minute why this is important, but uh, they made a plan. Right? If we go all the way back to last week and the start of this second missionary journey, it started with a conversation between Paul and Barnabas about taking this trip. Paul saying, Barnabas, hey, maybe it's a great time for us to go and encourage the churches that we had talked uh, to before and we'll share the news from the Jerusalem Council. They were making a plan, right? A- and they even planned out what direction that they would travel. Now, Paul and Barnabas split, and even then there was a plan. Barnabas went one way. And Paul went the, went the other way. But they were traveling to churches that they had been to before, sharing with them that good news. They had a plan. They had a plan for what they were going to do. They had a plan for where they were going to go. There was a strategy for them in all of the things that they were doing. So they would travel from one city to the next city. They had plans, Paul and his group, uh, of traveling north into Galatia and Asia but verse six says that the Holy Spirit stopped them so they made plans this was their strategy here's where they were going the Holy Spirit said no you're not gonna share the gospel right now in Asia so then they were going to go to Bithynia and share the gospel there and again the Holy Spirit in this verse called the Spirit of Jesus verse seven that's the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit did not allow them to do that either so verse eight tells us that they traveled instead And while they were in Troas, and I am sure that they were planning to spend some time there like they did all the other cities, encouraging the believers who were there, sharing the gospel, making new believers, helping the church in any way that they could. But while they were there, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, and Paul saw a man from Macedonia, and the man was asking Paul to come and help them. So Paul's group, they had plans to stay there. The Holy Spirit sent this dream, this vision to Paul. Paul, the whole team heard what Paul had dreamed and they said, you know what? God's calling us to Macedonia. So they left Troas and they went to Macedonia. Now, here's what I, I want us to gather from this. Paul and his team, they had a strategy and they had plans. Um, there, there, there is a place in the church when it comes to this mission When I talk about God calling us to a mission, this is the God of the universe who has created all things, and he said, hey, um, followers of Christ, this is what your life is about now. God says, hey, church, here is what I have assembled you to do, the God of the universe. This is your purpose. This is your mission, right? So, So he's given that. The, the church then, as we see with Paul and, and, and his team, should plan and strategize on how we will accomplish that, that mission. We should, we should organize, we should plan, we, we should think about, we should pray for, we should be moving forward in that mission that God has given the church we should be doing that as individuals because individually we are called to this as well it should be a part of our life planning how are we gonna go about this mission that god has shaped our lives for god has given us wisdom to make these plans to come up with these strategies he's given us people for that he's given us all of that and so like paul and his teams we should be making those plans. But but also, like Paul and his team, we should be listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Several times in those short uh, verses that we just read, the Holy Spirit intervened to change the plans that Paul had made. We should also always be ready to listen to the holy spirit and change our plans. Now why am i spending time emphasizing this? Hear me. Here's what we 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 normally fall into one of two positions on this, right? A lot of us are planners. And, and so I, I would say that's me. Like, I, I like to have a plan. I like to have a strategy. I like to think effectively and efficiently. How are we going to accomplish this task that God has given to us? And, and, and so a lot of us are that way, and, and, and we're quick to make a list and fill in the blanks and come up with an effective and efficient way of doing something. And then we get locked into our plan, and we never listen for God. We never stop to hear the Holy Spirit because we are on our plan. Now wait a minute, because there's another group that's on the exact opposite extreme. There's another group among us who who who, who won't make a plan or strategize anything because they're waiting on the Holy Spirit to speak to them. And waiting and waiting waiting for the Holy Spirit to, to, to give them some sort of, uh, of supernatural, super spiritual plan and strategy. And so, so our tendency, if we're in that camp, is to, to not have a plan, to not have a strategy. And I'm telling you, if you don't have a plan and you don't have a strategy, you know what you're going to accomplish? What? Nothing. 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 Neither of those is right, by the way, if, if you hadn't guessed that already. I, I really love what we see here because I think this is the way that we should be going about it. They planned, right? Paul and his team, they, they, they planned. I am sure that it was very prayerful planning because prayer is a huge part of everything that's happened so far in, in the book of Acts. And I'm also pretty sure that they were praying because they heard the Holy Spirit. And it's hard to hear the Holy Spirit when you're busy just doing your plans and not making space and time for the quiet in which the Holy Spirit usually speaks. So I am sure that what they were doing was prayerful. They prayed and they made their plans. They, they, they prayed and they planned and they took steps forward to accomplish the mission that God had given them in the wisdom that God had given them, in the strategic mind that God had given them. They were doing all of that and they were moving forward with the mission until the Holy Spirit said no. They knew the mission. Like, like sometimes, sometimes we are waiting on the Holy Spirit to tell us what God's already told us. But they didn't need the Holy Spirit to tell them again that God had called them to a mission. Right? They, they knew that. And so based on that calling, based on what God had said, based on the word of God and the plans of God and the big story of God, they were moving forward in the mission prayerfully and with a willing submission. Willingly they submitted, listening for the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit said no, they stopped. I think, and we both need each other, right? We need those Holy Spirit waiters to tell us who are ready to move forward, to move forward listening. And those Holy Spirit waiters, they need us planners to say, okay, but while we're waiting, God's called us to do this. That's the way we work together. Let's plan and do according to the mission until God says no. That's what Paul and his team did. They planned with a willful submission. Paul also worked, we see that in this next section, but God did the heavy work, right? So Paul was working, his team was working, they were working on the mission, but it was always God who did the heavy work. And what I mean by that is that Paul and his team, they followed their plans and their strategies, and we'll see that, they submitted to the Holy Spirit, and it was God who would do only what God could do. Look at verse um, 11 with me in your Bible. I think we'll have the map up as well. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to uh, Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come to gather. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Right? So here what we see is Paul's strategy in Lydia's heart. And we're talking about Paul and his team doing the work, but God doing the heavy work, doing the hard work. This is a micro picture of, of, of what I was saying there. Up to this point, when Paul would go into a city, he was going into cities that had a sizable Jewish population. And so he had a plan. We go into the city that has this Jewish population. We go to where those people are gathered, and that's where we share the gospel. So that was the synagogues. We've seen this strategy in other passages in the book of Acts. Paul would go into the synagogue. It was custom in the synagogues for them to ask, Paul, it's good to have you with us today. Is there something you would like to share? Paul would say, why, yes, there is something I would like to share. It's Jesus, and he would talk about the gospel. That was his strategy. So he comes to this city, and they don't have a large Jewish population. In fact, it's so small there that they don't even have a synagogue. So that was his strategy. His strategy changes. They don't have a synagogue. They don't have that presence. But there are Jews here, and the Jews will be gathering somewhere at the times that they are supposed to pray. So let's find out where that is, and we'll go there. And they did that. Now, Paul would also, as a part of his strategy, usually find the spiritual leaders. Those were the men in in that context, and that's who he would start with. Well, Paul goes there, and it seems like the people who were gathered were either primarily or maybe exclusively women. So again, he has his strategy. That strategy sort of falls by the wayside, but Paul keeps going with the mission. Even though his strategy wasn't playing out perfectly, Paul and his team shares the gospel with these Jewish women who have gathered to pray. Now that is our part in the mission. Our part in the mission is just to tell people about Jesus. And that's what Paul was doing with these ladies as they had gathered to pray. To tell them how how we are forgiven through Jesus how we are restored to a right relationship with with the Father through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. All we do is share the good news of the gospel. It's God who does the heavy work. It's God who changes hearts and minds. Remember, um, Jesus had told his disciples uh, that he was going to send the Holy Spirit, that he was sending the Holy Spirit, and, and we saw that happen in Acts chapter 2. We saw that fulfilled. The Holy Spirit came with great power, um, and, and Jesus had told his disciples, when I, when I send the Spirit, he will convict of sin and, and righteousness. It's the Spirit who will bring conviction to the hearts of people. We see that playing out here. Look at the second half of verse 14, as as we're talking about Lydia, that Lydia heard Paul speaking, and it says the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul said. Paul did his part. His part was just to share the gospel, and so Paul went where they were gathered, and Paul shared the gospel, and it's the Lord who did the heavy work. It's the Lord who did the hard part, who opened her eyes so that she could see, who softened her heart so that it could receive the good news of the gospel. Verse 15 then says that after believing she was baptized along with her whole household and the way that we should understand that is that Lydia went home and she took Paul and the team with her and they shared the gospel with Lydia's family and friends who gathered at her house Jesus was proclaimed again more people became believers and they were all baptized so again Paul strategized Um, Paul obediently carried out the mission of God that was given to him to be a witness, to be a witness as he went about life to tell people who Jesus was and what Jesus had done it was the Holy Spirit who did what only the Holy Spirit can do and that is to open our eyes, open our heart let us see the beauty and the glory of Jesus that's what happened and Lydia believed That doesn't end there. Look, starting in verse 16, Uh, I love this part, Paul's annoyance and demons. Paul's annoyance and demons. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of, of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Now, isn't that a weird section? I am not sure why Luke told the story this way. I think he might have just been messing with Paul. Now, I mean, it happened that way. That's why he's telling it. But, man, the way that, the, the way that he says it. Paul and his mission team, so again, we see their strategy. They had success in going and sharing the gospel with the ladies as they prayed, so they're going to keep doing that. They're going to keep going back to that time of prayer and that place of gathering. That's their strategy now, and they're going to they're teach the people and share more about Jesus. So as they're doing that, this demon-possessed girl starts following them every day every day as they walk there every day as they leave there wherever they're walking this demon possessed girl is walking behind them and she is crying out like again and again and again on repeat these men are servants of the most high god who proclaim to you the way of salvation these men are servants of the most high god who proclaim to you the way of salvation these men are the servants of the i mean like just on and on and on as they are walking now I'm sure Paul had been called a lot worse than that. I, 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 don't, I don't know why. Um, maybe Paul just didn't want the attention. I, who, maybe he was having a bad day, but Paul got annoyed. Maybe just days of that, we would all get annoyed. I don't know. But Luke said, after many days of this, Paul, having become not just a little bit annoyed... Or not just annoyed, but becoming greatly annoyed, turned to the girl who was following, spoke to the demon who was possessing her, and cast that demon out. Paul having become greatly annoyed. You ever get annoyed with people? Yeah, yes you do. So did Paul. That's why I like this, right? Sometimes I get annoyed as well. Quickly, I, I will say this as far as the part on demons. And, and uh, at New City, we, we believe that demons are, are real. And we, we believe in the possibility of demon possession. We believe that just as we see here, demons can be cast out. We believe that. But not by the power of Paul. We don't believe that this demon was cast out by the power of Paul or by the power of me or by the power of you. It is the power of Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul didn't do this on his own. Paul said, I command you, what? In the name of Jesus. And and what, what that meant when Paul said that is, I command you by the power and the authority of Jesus himself, come out. And the demon came out. So again, we see in that Paul and his crew are working. They're following their strategy. They're doing the mission of God. But it's God who's doing the heavy work. It's God who's doing what only God can do. God saving Lydia. God casting out the demons. So in this next section, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of those verses. You can go back and do that on your own. Here's what happened next, right? So this girl, this demon-possessed girl, she was a slave, and her owners were making money off of her as a fortune teller because of the demon that possessed her. So Paul casts out the demon, and suddenly their way of making money is gone. They are not happy about that. So they seize Paul and Silas, and they drag Paul and Silas before the authorities, and they make their case against them. The crowd, they get a crowd, the crowd is all riled up and joins in against Paul and Silas, and the leaders then agree that Paul and Silas should be beaten with rods and thrown into prison, and that's exactly what happened. So in this section, now we're going to see the third act in these verses. um, Big, major act of God in this part of the story. Paul, Silas, and an earthquake. Paul and Silas are beaten with rods. They're thrown into the prison. They're actually placed in the inner part of the prison, which is where the worst of the worst stayed. And they were fastened in stocks. They were chained, so they they, they, they couldn't escape. They were chained, and their door was locked. At about midnight, Paul and Barnabas begin praising God, singing songs, and praying. Now imagine that. You've been beaten with rods. You've been thrown into the worst part of the the prison, the inner part of the prison. You're in chains, and and it's midnight, and what are you doing? You, You begin to praise God you begin to sing songs you begin to worship you're praising God now here's a confession on my part I'm not sure if you would be doing that but I'm not sure that I would for sure I I would probably be blaming God I would be angry with God I might be complaining uh, about God because God allow that God why did you allow that to happen to me Why did you allow that? Why did you cause that? Why why am I suffering after all of the stuff that we have done? That wasn't Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas knew who God was. and, And so even in their suffering, they knew that God loved them. Even in their suffering, they knew, as we've talked about before, that God was working all things together for good. They believed those things. They believed that God loved them, cared for them, was going to be kind to them, would protect them, take care of them. They believed who God was. Sometimes I struggle with that. And it was because of this, their faith in who God was and in what God had, had done for them. It was in that faith and through that faith that they were able to praise God even after they had been beaten and thrown into jail. They worshipped. So while they're worshipping, praying, praising, I am sure they were sharing the gospel with the people in that jail because they were all locked up. I mean, what a perfect audience. They can't throw stones at you. They can't do anything to you. All they can do is listen. So they're sharing the gospel, they're praying, they're praising, they're worshiping at midnight, and God sends an earthquake. An earthquake hits the area. The earthquake hits, uh, the doors come open, the shackles come off. They are free from everything that is holding them in the prison. And so the the jailer then fears that everyone has escaped. He's getting ready to take his own life, and Paul stops him and says, Hey, wait a minute. Nobody's gone. We're all here. And so the, jail- the jailer, uh, uh, amazed with this, asked them, like, what-, what must I do to be, to be saved? The-, the-, the jailer is overwhelmed by the circumstances. He's heard the worship. He's heard the, the praising and the prayer. And-, and here, all of them are still there. What must I do to be saved? And so they tell him. They tell the jailer. And he believes. He believes the good news of the gospel and is saved. The jailer then takes them home from the prison so that they can um, be taken care of to tend to their wounds. There he shares, they, Paul, and, and, and Silas, share the gospel with his whole family, and his whole family believes, and that night they were baptized. Incredible, incredible events. Only God could make those things happen. Paul and Silas um, went about the work. They they were just going about the mission. God was doing all of that heavy work that was involved. Their part? Just telling people who who Jesus was and what he had done for them. I am sure when they got up that morning, Paul and Silas, and again, they planned their day and they strategized how they were going to go about the mission of God. I am sure that they had no idea when they finished breakfast and making their plans that they would cast out a demon in that girl. I'm sure they had no idea that that would lead them to being beaten with rods, taken in by a mob, thrown into the deepest part of the jail. I am sure they had no idea that an earthquake was going to rock the jail that very night. But God did. God knew all of that. God was weaving all of those different things together for good ultimately for the good of 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 Paul and Silas for the good of the jailer God was weaving all things together for good it was no accident that the prison was was shaking as as they prayed and praised and sang it was the spirit of God who shook the prison who, who who rattled those cages open and caused the shackles to fall off and that is amazing but How amazing is it as well that once the doors were open and all the shackles fell off, no one left. They were all there. They were all still still there. The the, the jailer awaking from his sleep assuming that everyone has escaped. I mean, who wouldn't assume that? Paul says, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're we're all here. God did that as well. And, And it was because they were Freed, but still there, that the jailer, trembling before Paul and Silas, asked, What must I do to be saved? Think about that. God literally shook the world. An earthquake. God literally shook the world. And one of the reasons that he did that was for that jailer and his family. What must I do to be saved? God doing what only God can do. In our Bibles, this also amazes me. In our Bibles, there is a, we have a New Testament book called Philippians. It's a letter from Paul to the church in Philippi. And it's, it's one of his, his most deeply personal letters in, in the New Testament. These are the people that Paul was writing to. Paul was writing a letter later, writing a letter back to this church in Philippi, and it was that jailer that he was writing to. And it was, it was Lydia that he was writing to. It was their families that he was writing to. These are the people who started the church in Philippi. These are the people who would later, when, when Paul was in prison, they would, they would encourage Paul. They would send people to care for Paul. They would send Paul whatever he needed. They were his partners in the gospel from that day forward to the ends of the earth. I think that's amazing. We get to read about it. So chapter 16 concludes then with Paul and Silas being released, ultimately leaving Philippi in the hands of Timothy and others as this new church got its start. So, again, we have this story. What are some things that stood out to me in this incredible story? Paul and Silas and his whole team They planned, they planned, they strategized, they set out to do the mission that God had called them to do, to reach the world with the gospel. This is God's mission, redeeming sinners in Christ, making for himself a people. They planned, they strategized, they did so with a willing submission to God, who it seems fairly regularly changed their plans, but that never stopped them. They continued the work that God had called them to. The mission went on. And as it did, it was always God who was doing the heavy work. Always God who was doing the work of of convicting. Convicting of sin. Convicting of righteousness. Opening the eyes of those who who had never seen Jesus. To to behold the beauty and the glory of Jesus. To hear the gospel. To hear the gospel and have it penetrate their heart. to, to, To believe. It was God leading them to believe. It was the Holy Spirit working through the message of the gospel. Even, even shaking the world and breaking chains in a Philippian jail. This is God's big story unfolding. This is the start of the church. This is the beginnings of our faith. So what are some things that maybe we leave here and should do? How should we think about this moving forward? Let me share some things with you. Um, First of all, God's mission continues today. You you hear me say that often, especially through the book of Acts. God's mission continues today, and, and, and we are a part of this unfolding story as we go. God's mission continues today, and let me say it again. That is not the mission of of, of the institutional church. It is the mission of God. This is God's mission. Redeeming, restoring, forgiving, making whole. At New City, we say it this way. Our mission is helping others live in light of the gospel. That's what we're here to do right no no matter no matter what you do in your life if you're a student if you're in school if you're a doctor or a lawyer if you're retired if you're a mechanic it doesn't matter what you do your mission as a follower of christ is god's mission the great commission says it this way as jesus was talking to his disciples shortly before he left them as you go This is the mission passed on to us. As you go, make disciples. Make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Jesus telling his disciples, some would go to faraway places. Some would stay right in the city that they were in. As you go about your life, make disciples. This is the mission. Help others to know who I am, Jesus is saying. Tell them. Tell them who I am. Be be a witness of who I am. And then for those who come to believe, help them learn what it means to love and follow me. That's the great commission. Peter said it this way, and and it was a part of one of the songs that we sang earlier, that we have been made God's people so that, this is the, the reason, this is the purpose, so that we might proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We have been, have been made this family of God so that we can, can grow the family by, by proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus who called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Paul said that we are ambassadors for Christ in 2 Corinthians 5. God making His plea to others through us, us begging them, be reconciled to God in Christ. Our life is, is more than school and work and kids and friends and planning for retirement. It's all of that and all of those things are fine and good, but it's all of those on mission. All of those on mission. All of that with a, with a view for and an eye on eternity. God's mission continues today and we are a part of it. Here's the second thing. Even if we aren't called to far away places, we should think and pray and plan and strategize for His mission with a willing submission to His Spirit. That applies to our personal lives. How am I intentionally engaging in the mission of God? Me. Me personally? How can my family, my biological family, how can we engage in the mission of God? How can my missional community engage in the mission of God? Because that's why we're here. How can New City Church, in in a greater way, engage in the mission of God? Because that's our purpose, helping others live in light of the gospel. And and, and I want to say this, I want to say this, New City has always attracted people who either maybe are students or people who have moved here for a short stay we have people who come for months people who 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 may be here only for a year or two years listen to me if you are here even if it's for a short time God has brought you here and he has called you to his mission right here as you go so, so, so don't be a person who's in school thinking, I'll do more when I'm out of school. I'll join God on his mission later on. No, no, no. No, God has you on mission here and now. If you're a person who is only going to be living in making for a short time or the middle Georgia area, and so you're saying, I'm not really going to connect. I'm not really going to plug in because I'm not going to be here for long. Stop. The sovereign God of the universe has brought you to this place at this time and he's called you to this mission. As you go, here and now, while you're here, be on this mission. This mission is not really that much about you and me. This mission is about the people around us who who, who need to know the God that we know. It's about the, 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 the people around us who need the gospel, who, who need to know that there is, is hope in our future, that there is forgiveness in our failings, the, the people around us who, who need to know that God loves them and cares for them and is near to them, that He has given us everything that we need for, for redemption and forgiveness and, and sonship. He's given us everything that we need in Jesus, His life, death, and resurrection, not in our own works. They need to know that in Christ, He is offering rest to the weary. They need to know that the good news is not a call to a long list of do's and don'ts. It isn't a demand that we, we, we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get ourselves together and prove our worth and value to Him. It's a call to rest. To rest in the work of Jesus. To trust in His work and, and not the works that we muster. They need to know that this gospel is an offer of hope and security in Him. So many people around us need that. You're the one to point them to it. That's why you're here. To proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Pray for them. Pray for the mission that God has called you to. Pray for the people around you. Plan plan for it. Plan for a way to to, to love them. This isn't a project. This is because we love our neighbor. This is the hope that we have, and we want to share the hope that we have with the people around us. This is the mission of God. And, and, And listen... Don't be overwhelmed by that. We've already said it and we've seen it. God is with you. The Holy Spirit indwells you. It's He who does the heavy lifting. It's He who does the hard work, not you. Believe that. And and if you are if you are a part of New City and you're in a missional community, then you should know that you're never you're never alone. Not just with the Holy Spirit, but but the people in your missional community will pray with you and they'll pray for you. And and, and man, I hope they will go with you because we love we 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 love to see others come to love Jesus. So let me, let me leave you with this, right? Not, not necessarily a call to do anything other than imagine. Just imagine with me for a moment what it might look like if we, if, if all of New City lived life like this. What a, what a change that would bring to our neighborhoods, to, to our school, to the community that we live in, to our city. If, if, if all of us, as we went about our lives, if we, if we recognize that we are a part of something greater than our work and our school, if we realize that we are a part of this incredible mission of God that is shaping eternity, and, 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 and if we prayed and we planned and we strategized on how we would tell others about the goodness of God and the beauty of Jesus, imagine what would happen if if we did that just our part that's our part just telling people about jesus all while god did his part the heavy work drawing people to himself opening their eyes opening their hearts softening their hearts saving lydia's and prison guards and their whole families what if god worked like like our mcs are like their house churches right and we want our missional communities we want people to be engaged in this beautiful mission together what what if our mcs were truly engaged in that beautiful mission and people were hearing the gospel and god was at work and the spirit was drawing people to himself and our missional communities were blowing up and so we're planting new missional communities with new leaders and, 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 and reaching more people and planting new missional communities and maybe planting new churches. And before we know it, I, I, our neighborhoods are saturated with the gospel. And before we know it, our city is saturated with the gospel. And before we know it, the gospel is going from our own Jerusalem Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth as the Lord works through us. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That's gospel transformation. I say we're here. Let's do it. Right? By God's grace, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's, let's pray, let's pray as individuals. Let's, let's pray as a missional community. Let's pray as a church, let's plan. Let, let, let's, let's plan. let's yield to the Spirit and watch Him work. But let's go. God is with us. It's His mission. And it's His people. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for the reminder. We are forgetful people, Father. So easily caught up in in life. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would remind us that our, 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 our life has more. that there is more to living than, than just our job, than just our family. Those things are good, they are good things, but Father, remind us that, that they are only a part of life and that you have called us to, to be a part of shaping forevermore. Your Spirit working in us and through us. Help us to see that so that the thing that we're talking about today as far as being on mission isn't a, isn't a duty that we feel like we have to perform. Re- re- renew the joy. Restore the joy of our salvation so that we are, we are filled with joy over the beautiful news of the gospel and this incredible opportunity to be a part of your mission, your mission that is going to happen. You will have your people. The earth will be filled with image bearers. Help us to see that and know that you, you've simply invited us to be a part of it. God, I pray that our, our joy would not just fill us but overflow to the people around us. We want to see you do great and mighty things, the things that only you can do for your glory and for the good of your people. In Jesus' name, amen.